to you live from the last day in Tavares Jackson's agent's office. It's from the Hawk's Nest. From the Seahawk's Nest. The oh, very wait. first. Oh. Oh, dang shit. it. We have a new name. I think we got to keep this in now, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm down with it. Okay, this so is, now we are the Seahawks You are hearing Nest the podcast. moment where we are the Seahawks Nest podcast, and, and that just happened. We just, oh. became, we just became a beautiful butterfly. We went into our cocoon, <laughs> and uh, now we can fly, guys. Although we're doing podcasts about the whole NFL, this is the inaugural Seahawks podcast with our new name. Very, right. very monumental. I'm your host, Eric Ronnebeck. With me is Nathan Santo. Yep. And Kevin Garber. That's me. Dollar in the spray jar. That's didn't think we were keeping that. Good unexpected dollar. Good good luck getting me to talk a lot about preseason football, Eric. Because well, I hate it. What do you, I, I I don't like it either. Did you did you want to spend uh, half of our time here maybe ranting about preseason football? I want no, to know why you don't like micropod. I want to know immediate in 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 one point. What do you not like about preseason football? Uh, it's pointless. Pointless. But you get to see all the players that are going to get cut. You just have inter-squad practices instead and figure out all the same stuff. Kevin, like, do you agree? Or like practices with other teams. You don't need to have practices with other teams. That's basically lots what of, it is. Lots of, lots of people do yeah. training squad stuff with other teams. Like, and they always get in fights. And you don't, you don't need to have like all this. You don't need to sell tickets to the fans. That's the part that I find insulting. There you go. There it's you part go. Of a, it's part of a mandatory season ticket package well, that is just... It's, it's a complete waste. You throw away money for four games so you can get the other eight. So if it was uh, like 15 bucks for tickets for preseason, then would you care? No. Like, as in, like, would it bother you as much? No. I would like it. It's, I think... It's I think full price, I, I think it should... But that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I 100% agree. What I was going to say is I love getting to see, like, these college kids that I just watched... And I love getting to see how the back of the roster is filled out, but I do think it's stupid. You have to pay fifty dollars to go watch it. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and that's usually the uh, the casual fan. That's well, the actually, only game they're uh, going to see. The the Hawks Nets tickets this year were seventy something. I can't remember how much. Seventy X dollars. <laughs> seven. Uh, seven. Yeah, that's twenty dollars worse than my scenario. That's seven. What I have to say about that. Seven. Seven is the first number. <laughs> if you remember the second, and it's a two-digit number. It is not three digits. This is it's horrible radio charades. Uh, this is where uh, we try to figure out how much the person whose season tickets that is not here cost. Because uh, <laughs> we, we, we all go Brett. to the games with Brett and pay him money for the tickets, That's but right. we don't know how much the tickets actually are until he tells us. Yep. If but, you want to get a hold of us, you can get us on Twitter at uh, Seahawks Nest. You can email us at podcast or uh, podcast at fromthehawksnest.com. The only remaining from the Hawks Nest remnant. You know what else you can do? And our website. You can go on iTunes and rate us five stars because we change podcast feeds. You can go on. Uh, you can go on our website and leave us a comment. SoundCloud. You can go on SoundCloud and leave us a comment. You can find Stitcher. us on TuneIn and Stitcher. This is a real podcast now. Uh, we stepped our game up, and uh, we will soon have ways for uh, for you to interact with us that you couldn't even dream of. We're gonna make a virtual reality game soon uh, from the Hawks Nest VR. Maybe next year. One of these things I said isn't real. You can try to figure out which one. Stitcher. That's right. Yep, it was Dang Stitcher. It. All right, since it is a quick shot podcast, let's go right into the Seahawks game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Kevin, you watched the entire game. Speaking as the only person in the room who stuck it out for an entire preseason yeah. game. Well, as true Seahawks fans, <laughs> I, I will say this. I think, like, I watched enough to be like, yeah, football's back. You watched the first offensive drive. And then the end of the game. How, <laughs> though, seriously, how shocked were you guys to see Russell Wilson playing at all? Not I mean, at all. That was really? exactly the amount that I thought he would I play. I thought he would play, like, the first quarter or maybe... I thought that was the first, first, first two game. drives. Oh, I, I did not expect to see him at all. I, dude, what I was more surprised is, is they actually ran zone replays. 
And I'm 100% sure that the, the thing was they were like, yeah, run the zone read, but hand it off every time no matter what. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> There's no way they were like, hey, run the zone read and go ahead and get yourself injured. Well, I, here's the thing. I expected a lot of zone read. I expected it to happen after they switched to Boykin. Yeah, exactly. Which it did because we need to know if the offensive line can do that. But And they so, can. Parts. Well, the, we'll what, talk about that. The Russell Wilson plays were good. So, because <laughs> those are the ones I saw. Small sample size. <laughs> but Chris, what about Kristen Michael Senior? Senior? Did the senior on his jersey like unleash some He's the some second kind of, best senior. Did it, okay, yeah. I have a question. Did it, did it unleash some kind of hidden talent that we we never knew he had? Like I thought he played all right. The hidden talent of uh, six point three yards for carrying the preseason. He played well. Yeah, I thought well he was, enough. Here's the thing: the guy's been cut by the Seahawks twice. He can't find a home anywhere. The guy you, desperately wants to play. Yeah, do you think like having a kid like maybe matured him a little bit? Because the problem before is that he was dumber than a bag of rocks, right? He can't learn the playbook. And now it's like he seems like he knows what he's doing out there. Like he looks really good. We always make fun I of I was the, kinda proud of him. Like he's all grown up now. Yeah. Well it's it's fun to make fun of the Cowboys, but when the Cowboys, like the the people who, who scouted him after they cut him said that, you know, he was not a mature player, that's that's hitting you low. And they have yeah. and they, they have, have Des Bryant on their team. Yeah. <laughs> they they have they have fights constantly. It's that's a I, I think he did mature. And the senior is just fun. Here's the other thing. It reminds me, I have a story that has a lot to do with Christian Michael here. Um, so I once bought a car for $1,000, and I was at a stoplight and got rear-ended. And they totaled out the car, the insurance company did, and paid me $2,000 for it. Because it was worth that much after the work I'd done on it. And then I paid them $200 to buy it back and drove it around for a couple years after that. That is Christian Michael. <laughs> it, yeah, it's it, pure profit from this point out. Did you yeah, call it car senior? We already won. We already won all deals involving yeah. Christian Michael. We traded him, got a pick. Now it's it's all gravy from here. That's it. Kevin, what about you? Uh anything offensively not offensive, but something <laughs> from the offense you want to take from that game. So it actually has a lot to do with Christian Michael. So he had seven carries for forty four yards. He had a lot of inside rushes in mm-hmm. that game. He read the line well. And that's because uh, the interior of our offensive line played good. really well. First and second string. The I, interior of the offensive line were two strings deep with quality players. I mean, I only saw the first two drives, so that's a caveat. But Britt actually impressed me on those two drives. Because I'm watching the line. And he continued yeah, to impress after that, I will say. Britt, Britt, I think, might be a real center. Like a real NFL-quality center. Like I was very impressed because he's slow-footed, but he's so strong. His footwork and fundamentals are fantastic. So I feel like this plays to all his strengths. Just be strong, get out there, get in a good spot, and make a push. Like, that's all he has to do in the middle. And yeah. I think it's, like, super great for him. And we make fun of Justin Britt on the show, namely I do. Because he's getting run around at, like, absolutely. He has the slowest feet in the NFL. And he, d- he doesn't he doesn't give but up sacks to Russell Wilson. He just falls into Russell Wilson creating the sack. <laughs> you know, and I, it was really good to see that. It's good to see that the Seahawks line is it's, still it's built nice to, to run the football. Backpedaling instantly. Because that's what happens when he plays the tackle. Yes. Yeah. Britt's just backpedaling from the start because he's so slow. Yeah. He's just running backwards straight into Russell Wilson. I'm, I'm curious from the schedule. I don't know if you have it. You don't look it up. We have weeks to talk about this. But do we, how many nose tackles are we going to face this year offhand? Do we know? Because that's the only time that'll be like, Ugh. well, I mean, we See, get I to, feel good we about get to that. Face Aaron Donald. That's going to be fun. I uh, feel like, uh, the thing with Britt is he won't be intimidated. And like you just said, he's tough. he has like, he has good squat, good sand is the term that you sometimes hear from scouts. Which is he can get low and anchor from playing tackle and guard, and I feel like at center he could do that. And like another thing too is like in the offensive linemen in the NFL, they're looking for a defensive lineman to expose their chest. If someone exposes their chest to Britt, he's going to push it through him. Oh he's yeah, so strong. He's super buff, and I I just think that this move to center plays to all of his strengths. 
and covers up all of his weaknesses. Whereas play him playing at tackle, it was like playing to all his weaknesses and not literally getting anything out of any Agreed. of his strengths. Yeah. So it's it's really great because I he seems like a cool guy. He has a really he has fire. Like he wants it bad, just like a Fetty. And which we we've, we've seen yeah. Fetty has fire. A Fetty played really well at guard. Um, Riso Diombo played well at guard. He played poorly at tackle, but he played well yes. at guard in the second string. Um, Jari yeah. Evans played really well in the second string at guard. And, uh, uh, Glowinski. Glowinski was Glowinski. really good yeah. at left guard. I think our interior line is good. And, and it, I think Gilliam can run block. Gilliam is, Gilliam will be the, he'll be a replacement level. He can, I, I, he can run block. Slightly above average and pass block slightly below average. This offensive line will be, however, against the pass, will be as good as whatever we get out of Jamarcus Webb. If we get something out of Jamarcus Webb, then I think that the pass, the pass blocking could be fine. If we get nothing out of Jamarcus Webb, there's going to be people coming off the edge on almost every play. I think our smart move here is to move from our interior depth, and I think Afedi's going to be playing right tackle by the end of the preseason. I and I think that's so, the but best I wouldn't, move. I, wouldn't be I, I feel like either. they're trying to ease him in because he's such a raw talent, and I think that rushing him could be a disservice. He obviously has the heart to do it and the physical tools. I'm not doubting any of that. I just think they're they're attempting to protect him from, you know, having a rough start. One well, thing about Afedi is he, like Britt, he can get low. That guy is a monster. Oh, my oh God. He's, he's huge. And he's a great athlete, and he has the attitude that you want out of an offensive lineman, yeah. too. He seems like... You know, I don't want to use this word, but he's a little bit of a dirt bag. You know, he's got to have those dirt bags on <laughs> the offensive line. He's got some nasty in him. It reminds me of Breno Giacomini, hopefully minus the penalties and the unibrow. Yeah, and he's going to get some penalties early on. Oh, my goodness. Sorry. He's going to get some penalties early on because he's a rookie, but I really feel like he could be, um, a, like, he's going to be a road grader One, on run plays. You talked about the the interior line on on the Seahawks starter and on, on the bench. It looks great. Our I don't know how much this is going to make sense, but I feel like our O-line is better simply because of the depth we have. I feel like we have more depth than we've had in a couple years. That's for sure. If we can move that and, and spread it out a little to help on the outside, I don't know how feasible that is. But it's only one game. I think we're going to get better. I hope that we don't get worse because I'm really sick of watching Russell Wilson run around because he has to every season. That's why I worry about with these tackles because Houston was missing Tomba Ali. They were missing um Can't see me. Yeah, the Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah, they're missing Tomba Ali and they were missing uh who's their other rusher? Uh, uh Justin Houston. And by missing those players, you really didn't see the uh exterior the offensive tackles get exposed as much as you would against a better exterior uh pass rushing team. And so it playing what we have the Vikings next. And they were Vikings. missing. They were missing tons of dudes on the. They have good pass rushers, but none of them were playing in this. Right. Game. Like the best one they had was Ford. Was, was Ford and D Ford's kind of widely considered a pretty big draft bust. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's a it's it, it's not it's not great. And that throw on the interception by uh, Russell Wilson on the first drive is a, was a really bad throw. Uh, if you're gonna make that throw, you have to throw it high or outside, and he threw it just like right where it was easy for the cornerback to get to. Yeah, Marcus Peters is awesome. Like people around here know that it was an easy but, to undercut pass, but it, he made, he didn't make his job very difficult. Now, when I was watching that, I thought that part of that had to do with him trying. I feel like 
he was coached to get the ball out as fast as possible because he would get no time based on the way the exterior pass rush was going. Do you feel like that played into it? Like yeah, he was could, trying to could get be it that he rushed, he rushed the throw and then m- m- missed the, the spot he wanted to hit it. Because I think if he throws it high enough there, like he puts it in a place where Curse can go up and get it, and maybe only Curse can make that catch. Like yeah. the quarterback's definitely not going to get high enough to get there. He might affect the play by tackling Curse or something, but. It makes it so only Curse can catch it. In the in the way he threw it, I mean, it was just it was so easy for especially for a talented cornerback like that. Um, I did like the first like four passes to Doug Baldwin though, when they just came out and they went Baldwin, Baldwin, Baldwin. That yeah, was getting ready to see that all year. That, too, that those was quick a, slants. that was very uh, promising for me. I was really into that. I was gonna say, is this um, last year was the breakout year for Doug Baldwin? Is this when he solidifies his role as a number one receiver? Um, I mean, he's getting paid like one, so I'm thinking he will. Yeah, he, he seems to have taken it really seriously too. Yes, like he's he's the lead, unquestioned leader of this wide receiver team. Now. He's really matured a lot the last couple of years. I know I didn't see like you said the unquestioned leader. I never saw that coming. I love Doug Baldwin, but he's yeah, he's always kind of like angry Doug or and, like a lone wolf. You know, he just does what he wants and he's and he's fun. But it but, seems like Lockett and all those guys really like look up to him as a, yeah. he's like he's like their positional group leader the same yeah. way that Earl's the the captain of the defense or whatever. Absolutely. And Michael Bennett keeps all those young defensive line kids in line. <laughs> Black Santa's not coming for Christmas if they're bad. You know? That's, That's right. It. Keeps us laughing. Keeps us entertained. He's going to get a lump of kick in the butt. Oh, man. our defense. Let's go to defense yeah, now. Let's go talk defense. about that defensive line depth. Wow. Oh, so We have uh, so many good defensive line players. My flag out player was Cassius Marsh. Yeah. It felt like he was all over the field all the time. He had four tackles. He had two QB hits. And he, he just looked... When they, he was in space... He had a couple of moments where he looked bad, but when he was playing downhill against the run or when he had a job to go after the uh, the quarterback, he looked the sharpest I have ever seen him so in the I, Seahawks. I have before. a question about Cassius Marsh because he's the defensive end and an offensive linebacker. How And I didn't watch the whole game. How did they use him? Did they use him mostly at linebacker, mostly at defensive end, or did they switch him up a little bit depending on the formation? They used him almost entirely at end. Okay. And when they used him at linebacker, he did not look strong. Okay. I felt like at end, he looked like a really strong rotational player. And at outside linebacker, so when he had to make a play in space, he really couldn't react correctly. Yeah, it's a three. I know it's like a three four defensive end. It's how people. It was kind of Bruce Irvining it when they said that. But uh, I was going to say, I don't see him as a, a viable replacement for Irvin exactly because Bruce Irvin was. So good at getting the quarterback, but he looked like he really wanted the job. Irvin was also like, serviceable in coverage. Like, yeah, that's something that's kind of underrated about Bruce Irvin. And Marsh is like half an Irvin. He's the pass yeah. rush half of Bruce Irvin. And but I actually think where he might be stronger is um, he can come in for Cliff Averill on those rundowns and play defensive end. And he's a bigger guy who can s- really play against the we run. Have well. So many guys that can play defensive end now, like. Yeah, Frank Clark. Frank just, Clark looked really. We're gonna good. run out of Clark. Look great. Who's one of these guys is, might get cut? Like we can only keep nine of them, and there's more than nine serviceable defensive linemen on this team right now. Yeah, it's like I, I'm. I'm starting to think they either. So have who are the Jags gonna pick up? <laughs> who are the Jags gonna sign? Or I'm sorry, who are the Falcons gonna sign? I mean, either way, let's go through this really quick because I think it's uh, an interesting thing to think about. So we've got obviously we're keeping Bennett, Hill, uh, Ruben, and April. And okay. Reed. And we're pro- we're definitely keeping Clark and Reed. That's six. I think okay. we're keeping uh, Quinton uh, Jefferson. Played really, really well. Okay. I think he's kept. I think Marsh is kept, and that puts us at eight. Yeah, and then you got, like, Brian Robinson, Justin Hamilton, Daniel Tyson, Josh Shirley, Tony McDaniel, who we just signed. Uh, and I think it comes down to Hamilton and McDaniel there. 
Yeah, Hamilton. We need someone Hamilton who can stuff the run to go along with we, Jefferson. We do have at least two more games before they have to really make a decision there. What and what do you think about Michael Morgan, Kevin? Do you think that he's got a real chance to be the uh, left outside linebacker there? Do you think I will be completely honest. Michael Morgan was such a non-factor. I didn't remember him being in. Okay. Like I was asking around after the game. I asked on Twitter. I talked to my brother. I asked you guys. I was like, did anyone actually see Mike Morgan up there? Because I saw KPL. Kevin Pierre-Lewis looked really good. Yeah. And I, I, I like him I as a coverage was, linebacker. I thought that was KPL's job to lose before the season started. I was kind of surprised Morgan got the start in the first preseason game. You know, there's some talk from people uh, that um, KPL doesn't mentally have what they want from a linebacker. Like, he just can't read and react the way they want him to. But when I watch him out there in coverage, in a game situation... He looks on top of it. Yeah. He, like, I, he always looks so good in the game, and he looks so fast. I feel like if he came in there at that linebacker spot, he offers a, the type of coverage linebacker that I feel could co- co- could cover some of the weaknesses that we've had over the middle of the last couple seasons. Okay. Luke Wilson dropped a pass. Um, wait. I was going to bring it up. Actually, I, remembered, I remembered Eric, and I just wanted to make sure we actually yeah, did. Yeah. We're on defense now, but I just wanted to make sure you got your spot. Well, he is my second tight end to be cut. Because the first is the the pretty boy who can't catch a ball and can't block. Well, I can't remember his name right now. Brandon Williams? No, the other tight end. Pretty boy. Oh, he got... Dude, he got injured. He's already gone. He's, oh. in, he's injury cut. They paid him to go away. Yep. Really? He got paid Cooper his health. Yes! He got, yeah, he's already gone. Oh, I'm sorry. He's, he's, he's beautiful, but... Uh, <laughs> but I'm he, sorry. He wasn't very good. He got... But he got all his money because it was injury. Yeah, good for him. So he, he got paid and I don't too. have to watch him. Brandon uh, Williams had an ugly drop, a couple of them. He needs to show something because I think Nick Vanette's definitely on the team. Yeah, Vanette, He's a really good player. I don't player. think they're going to get rid of Vanette just because of the potential. Yeah. I mean, they drafted him in the third round for a reason. Uh, did Brandon Browner play, Kevin? Would, Brandon Browner played. He looked all right. Did he play safety or cornerback? Um, he played like the slot linebacker. Okay. Oh, so that, that I think they might use him kind of like the way that the Arizona tries to use Deion Buchanan. That was much closer uh, to how he was used. Physical box player, uh, but and they put him anywhere on the. I like to call it the Deshaun Shed future position. <laughs> that was my question actually: is where does Brandon Browner fit in? Because I feel like between him and Cam Chancellor, we have two players that do very similar things that I don't really want to see on the field at the same time. So Tyvis Powell had a beautiful game. He picked off a pass. He played huge on special teams, made a lot of tackles, had a pass defense. He's a UDFA out of Ohio State who I thought was going to be picked in like the fifth round. He's a really, really good player. And he can play that kind of safety corner hybrid. I could see Powell, between Powell and Shed. I think it's down to, uh, we're going to have to choose well, between McC- Simon and Browner. McCray is going to make the team. McCray is going to make the Therald team. Therald Simon's going to make the team. I, I think it's going to be between Simon and Browner. Browner's going to cut then. then I, Therald Simon is going to make the team. They have so much Simon looks him. so bad. You hear, you, but you hear them he say did. things about Therald Simon. Like, he's coming back from injury, so you got to take that into account. And they say things like, when well, this guy's fully healthy, he's better than Richard. So, like, that's high praise. That, they're not screwing around when they say stuff like that. They don't blow smoke up people's butts very often. Here's the thing: Terrell Simon team. can't stay healthy though, and he's it, played two games in the last like three years. Yeah, and he constantly commits penalties, and who's he looks to, bad. Who's going to sign Brandon Browner if we cut him though? It's like low risk. Like we can always just get him back later. Quite possibly, he might be in Canada playing. How the 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 unrestricted he won't be free in Canada agent. playing? He'll be up there smoking. The guy you just talked about, <laughs> Tavis Powell. Yeah, Tavis Powell. How I I didn't watch. 
a lot so of that. So he didn't get on defense until the fourth quarter, but he played yeah. special teams the whole time. How He's is his physicality unit. in coverage? His physicality um, in coverage. Do you mean, well... I'm not talking about Richard Sherman physicality. He's three inches tall. He fits the profile of like a Seahawks style physical guy. I mean, because Cam Chancellor likes to, you know, will wreck you up the middle. Brandon Browner likes to haul you quite a bit. Oh, he'll lay the wood. Okay. That's what you're asking. Travis Powell is as big as as Brandon Browner. Maybe not as much muscle because Browner's been around NFL weight training program for 10 years, but weight training program. But he was in Ohio State, which is like an NFL weight training program. Are you talking about steroids? (sighs) Yes. (laughs) I mean, no. Uh, hey, uh, just not kind of switching gears, but staying defense, with though. it. We have like good talent all over the place. It's not. It's a good problem to have. Where yeah. I think like everyone's kind of pretty good. Yeah. And you say Simon played terrible, but I mean he, he'll get better. He's been off the field for a long time. He needs to, is what I'm saying, because right now I think Shed and Lane are both ahead of him for the job. Yeah. Well, I mean we're gonna. It's, not, gonna, it's not like we're gonna keep. We're gonna keep at least five cornerbacks, and probably at least four or five safeties. So then we'd be losing Burley at that point too. I think Burley is gone, gone. You think I, I, I'm really? Gonna, I don't think Marcus Burley has hardly any chance of making this team. I think Burley plays better than Simon. But, but I mean, again, I don't they think, talk him up. I don't think they assess those players as equal. And we know from from the past, Pete cares about what happens in practice. And if in practice, Daryl Simon's ripping it up, he'll give him shots to do it in the game. If And we've seen... And they talk him up so much. I just think that, that, that there's no way he doesn't make the team if he's not hurt. How old is Marcus Burley? Marcus Burley? Marcus Burley? Uh, he's, he's like not... 27. I was going to say, he's not a terribly young man. I thought he was maybe 29. 26. Oh, he is. I would say that's terribly young. That's that's a little too young to be him cut. Him and Thurl Simon are almost the same age. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Burley's a pure slot corner, and that's where I think Nathan's right. They're not really that comparable, but... I think if both Shed and Lane outperform Simon I mean, on the Lane outside, is, Lane is making the team. I don't think there's any. I doubt. think Shed's making the team. Hands Shed's making too. the team, and too. I think you can put your slower guys in Lane, the middle, which would Lane, also Shed, make McRae, Those guys are all making the team. I think at this point, if Powell doesn't make the team, it's because he has a horrible three games left. Like he did enough in this game and the way he plays special teams to so, earn a spot. So that means Stephen Terrell. No, no, Terrell's sorry. gone. Sorry, Terrell's gone. That um, makes sense. That Kevin, means, how did special teams look to you? I thought our coverage units looked pretty good. We had some trouble with some kick coverage. This is our first year without Ricardo Lockett there kind of anchoring and, and showing the way. I feel like... Where we will miss him. Well, the big thing was returns. We had a couple of uh, muffed returns, but that doesn't matter because once the games matter, then Tyler Lockett's back there and he's awesome, so it doesn't. no one cares. Okay. Like, we're giving a few kids a try and there were some issues with Sun and some issues with just making mistakes, but that won't matter because when Lockett gets back there, everything's right. good. We only have like a minute left and I was one more position I wanted to talk about just in terms of who will make the team. Yep. Okay. We have a lot of running backs. CJ Proceis and Zach Brooks are back practicing today. Okay. Uh, well, it won't be today when I put this podcast up. It'll be yesterday or so. Back Tuesday. Uh, so, so, uh, but so Thomas Rawls is making the team. I'm pretty sure Kristen Michael's making the team at yeah. this point. He's right playing now. really good. Or he's getting traded. So then we've got Collins, Farmers, Pope, Brooks, Proceeds. Proceeds is probably in just because he's a third-round draft pick. His draft position. Uh, the draft position merits him getting one year. And Collins got a long look. I think he's in. I think Pope goes to the practice squad, and I don't think we're going to end up being able to keep Farmer. And Or Brooks. Brooks is out. Uh, Brooks, they're talking about as a fullback. Which I mean, if they hide him we, there, I guess maybe. 
We but then ever, that would we don't ever use a fullback. Like, but we have one on the we roster. We had Coleman on the roster last year. And, and Tuguafu. What do you think about well, Brooks? Tuguafu was a D-tackle, which actually that Brandon well, Bryant is a DT, uh, a defensive tackle fullback hybrid. Oh, really? Yeah, Brandon not, Bryant. I did not know that. Yeah, same with uh, Tupoa. What do you Tupo. what do you uh what do you think about uh Collins? I think I think it's a shame we didn't get to see Collins actually run the ball very much. I want to see Collins in with the first team offensive line running the football. The thing is if we cut Collins or Brooks, yeah, that's asking we're lot. not getting him back on the practice squad. No. I would be really stunned if they cleared waivers and then no one picked him up. I agree and for that reason I don't want to lose Collins because I think Collins is a strong is a really good talent. I think that Brooks is an interesting player, but I think that we get a lot more out of Prosize and Collins and if I have to pick between them, I'd say goodbye to Brooks. Interesting story, gentlemen. Uh, this Thursday is the Minnesota Vikings preseason game. It is at home. How much would the Vikings have to win by to feel better about their loss in the playoffs? Just kidding. There's All no, the there, points? There's no number high enough. They could Blair, win 1,000 to 1. Is Blair Walsh going to... Denver talked a lot of crap after beating us in the uh, preseason after the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> is Blair Walsh going to show up in Seattle? Because they're having his jersey retirement on Thursday night, uh, I think. Well, they were flying over Minnesota, but Blair Walsh's plane went a little bit too far left and landed in Portland. Ooh. Just... Too soon, but too good to uh, to avoid. All right, find us on Twitter, at Seahawks Nest. Email us, podcast at fromthehawksnest.com. Find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Write us a review. Write us some comments. Don't be too rude. For Kevin Garber and Nathan Sano, I'm Eric Ronnebeck. Go Hawks. Arietta. My friend.